on today's Locked On Texans podcast. Important dates for the Texans coming up ahead of the draft. What is Davis Mills ceiling? And Cody and I give our thoughts and perspective on what we believe the identity of the team should be. But first, Cody, start the countdown. Bring us in the right way. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, everybody, to a Thursday edition of the Locked On Texan Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm John Hickman, joined by Cody Davis of Sports Illustrated, here to talk, of course, the Houston Texans and uh, some very important dates coming up soon that everyone who loves the Houston Texans or hate the Texans or uh, is in like, uh, you know, a lot of people right now are in like a limbo love relationship with the Texans. Do they stay? Do they go? And they got their uncle, Ronald Osley, calling up the front office like he did um, with, with your girl back in the day. But uh, <laughs> uh, for the Houston Texans, some very important days we're getting into. But before we do, Cody, I definitely want to briefly, and I do mean briefly, hint on uh, Lovey Smith calling the trade of Deshaun Watson, uh, kind of speaking towards the reality of it. And how this is a luxury that I believe Lovey Smith has that uh, going into this season that David Cully, former Houston Texan head coach, did not get the opportunity to have mm. had that Deshaun Watson situation looming over him for the entire year for the moment he was hired. Right. And so I do look at this as a another stepping stone for Lovey Smith that, again, David Cully did not have the luxury of having this past season yeah and uh, another way i want to look at this from a standpoint of i think this is why i am willing to give nick Casario a pass for hiring david mm-hmm. cully in the first place i know a lot of people want to hold that against him but i don't because there was no coach that was going to come in and help the Houston Texans overcome all the drama. Because look, yeah, Deshaun Watson was a big cloud over this franchise in 2021, but there was a lot more stuff going on from whether or not players wanted to be here, from you know, you already know the Jack Easterby fiasco. And by the way, it's been a long time since we talked about him in a negative light. But, you know, it, it's just... I think he's been it, doing his job and staying away, right? <laughs> exactly. That's probably why we're in a better situation with this organization a year later. But I say all that just to say, with so much chaos, I'm pretty sure Nick Casario, and, and not even pretty sure because I've been told this as well, Nick Casario did not want to put a coach, a real head coach, in a bad situation where if this is the coach he wants to stick by, he cannot afford to hire him as head coach out the gate because of everything that was going on. Now, look, I get it. I understand it. Maybe if you would have hired Arabian Enemy or Matt Eberflus or, or whoever was a candidate prior to the Houston Texans shifting course and getting David Cully, maybe, you know, Deshaun is still here with the Houston Texans. Who knows? But this is part of the reason why, going back to the conversation that we had to close out yesterday's show, this is part of the reason why the Houston Texans are looked at, at in, in a better light. 
The fact that you have Amina Khans um, on her podcast talking about how scary the Houston Texans, how much more promising they can actually look um, in the next two to three seasons says a lot. So look, slowly but surely, the Texans are trending in the right direction. And by the way, um, um, I had an opportunity to report on this over at Sports Illustrated as well. Lovey Smith is more happy about the amount of draft picks that the Houston Texans got back in that trade because just like what Nick Casario said, it's give them so many different uh, possibilities on how to revamp this roster. And he said it out his own mouth. This is an organization that has only won four games last year and he wants to win more. And you do that by revamping and bringing in younger and better, better talent. Yeah. And I definitely want to look at a little bit in between the draft and in a couple of weeks, Houston does uh, start their 2022 offseason program. According to first-year head coach Levy Smith, the voluntary program is a nine-week program conducted in three phases. April 11th is the first day that they will start their offseason program, four days a week. Uh, Lovey Smith said this on the Texans radio. He also continued with, there are three different phases. The first phase will be a couple of weeks. And it's just coming in and seeing what type of shape everybody's in, in terms of strength and conditioning, and also uh, some meetings. And then, of course, the second phase will, will will be followed by coaches getting an opportunity to get on the field with the players, uh, get some coaching done, and then phase three, the final four weeks of the program includes ten days of organized activities, of course, the OTAs, as well as mandatory three day mini camp and between phase two and three coach lovey smith mentioned that it'll be sort of a going to give you a college spring game type of feel of course no pads but they'll get out there and they have an opportunity to see the talent that they have on their roster i really like the first this starting at april 11th you know the draft is april 28th that yeah. thursday am i right okay so yes, sir. the draft is or two weeks, two and a half weeks before that, that may help Houston kind of look at who they have out there that's coming in voluntarily, uh, look at the roster, who is in what, and how they believe can affect the team moving forward in a positive way, right? Get some dubs on the board. Uh, and then maybe that will help Houston evaluate how they attack in the draft. But those are some important dates and information that everyone needs to know about. April 11th is the first day that Houston will start their voluntary nine-week program. And, uh, you know, Houston is here. The offseason is here. After the draft, I expect this team to be very busy in terms of drafting players, in terms of um, when I look at uh, what, what we call those uh, unsigned drafted players, so, so the, uh, you know, the UDAs, right, um, in terms of making roster moves, in terms of really getting – active in what they could do for the 2022 season. I think Nick Casario uh, will really do a good job of making sure that this roster is at least somewhat ready and competitive from day one when the uh, season starts in September. And John, to your point, and I kind of want to expand on this just a little bit more. When I take a look at the draft class of 2019, I think this might be more important to them. When, when I say draft class 2019, I'm taking a look at guys like Lonnie Johnson Jr. I'm talking about guys like Titus Howard, um, Matt Sharpen. <laughs> Why is that important? One of the guys that we that, that we are hoping the Houston Texans draft, Sauce Gardner. 
He played the same position as Lonnie Johnson. You've been big on your boy Evan Neal. Evan Neal came out the other day. I think it was either Tuesday or Wednesday. I can't I can't remember which one it was, but Evan Neal came out um earlier this week and said that he could play left tackle, he could play right tackle, he could play anywhere on the offensive line except for center, which means <laughs> Lonnie Johnson, Titus Howard, <laughs> Matt Sharpin, and whoever else is, you know, a part of that, that draft class of 2019, this is going to be real important for them because if they do not go out there and showcase what they can do, showcase that they are getting better, showcase that they are developing, then their spot here with the Houston Texans could be in danger, especially considering that next year is going to be whether or not they extend them for that, for, for that fifth year in their rookie contract. Yeah, and to kind of piggyback a little bit off of that, I think that once we get into phase two and three of the program, then that'll really help Houston uh, evaluate what they want to do moving forward. Uh, so the draft will, you know, kind of be in between one and two. But in terms of Howard, Howard needs to actually be evaluated the right way by being in his correct position. Which that's that's scary, so, by the way. Uh, that's scary, uh, by the way, and I know, and, and I know really quick, and I know we've been talking a lot about the Texans moving on from doing all this foolishness, but early on um, in the week when Lovey Smith had an opportunity to talk at the owners' meeting, um, he was asked about the possibility of Titus Howard going back to right tackle, and Lovey Smith said that they were still evaluating him and he could still be playing some guard as well. I, I didn't like that answer. Because it's obvious this young man is better at tackle, not just for him, but the whole entire offensive line. So that that's something I'm really going to be keeping my eyes on. You know, the Houston Texans right now have a 151 odds of winning the Super Bowl. So if you bet one dollar, Dr. Strange, right? How many how many different multiverses or possibilities <laughs> could this actually happen? Well, you should check out all of the NFL odds at betonline.net. And after months of playing, college basketball has determined the top teams for the Final Four and will determine this year's national champion this coming week. BetOnline is your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. And from all of the latest odds, the contest, and the player props, you name it, BetOnline remains the best spot for all of the latest sports developments including podcasts and reviews for all of the leagues this season. And it's not just basketball. As I just mentioned, you can go ahead and start betting on NFL. But BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sporting wagering needs information, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website or use your mobile device to learn more about all of the latest trends. I love BetOnline. I'm going to tell you that right now. BetOnline is where the game starts. Thanks for making Locked On Texans your first listen every day. Make sure you're following Locked On NFL, where Locked On experts are covering the biggest stories around the NFL every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. Just enough time for your bill bar and your AG1. I love this stuff, man. It's a free and available wherever you get podcasts. And continuing here with this Thursday installment of Locked On Texans, I really want to dive into something that John said closing out on yesterday's show that had me thinking. My mind started going. John, him and a family member, 
has a bet going on about Davis Mills' season. And, John, you said that you believe that Davis Mills, second year in the league, the first year as the full-time starting quarterback for the Houston Texans, you said that you believe that Davis Mills can pass for 3,700 yards, over 3,700 yards, have about 23 touchdowns, and under 13 interceptions. What got me thinking was, by the way, really good numbers. But it has me thinking now. What is actually the ceiling for Davis Mills? As of right now, from what we saw, especially the way he closed out his rookie season in those five games that got a lot of people excited, including us here on Locked on Texans. But, John, as you and I sit here on March 30th, 2022, at 6.05 p.m., if Davis Mills goes out and come close to those numbers, that will put him in the category of Ryan Tannehill, Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan, Jimmy G, Baker Mayfield. Why I'm bringing those names up? Because all of those guys recorded similar numbers to what you are expecting Davis Mills to do next season. If he is able to do that in year two, do you or do you not think there would be a possibility that Davis Mills can become one of the elite quarterbacks in this league moving forward? And by the way, I do want to mention the best quarterback who recorded similar numbers to what you are expecting Davis Mills to do next season was Kyler Murray. And I think we all can agree that Murray is already on that elite stature, or at least close to that elite stature. Look, <laughs> shake your head real fast. He's close to that elite stature in the National Football League in terms of quarterbacks. No, I think so. Let me address the word elite. There are very few elite quarterbacks in the NFL. You got Patrick Mahomes, you got Aaron Rodgers. Uh, and then from there, when you look at elite, got Tom Brady. I think that, you know, for what he's able to do, you know, the last time we saw him play football, had to love it, even though the, the playoff wins isn't there. Deshaun Watson is an elite talent, right? So, and then you can argue, go back and forth with Deshaun Watson if you want to. But I think when you look at elite, you start with those three, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, and Patrick Mahomes, right? But then you have two tiers under elite where it's okay, right? You have that boy good. He cold. He can do something, right? And then you have the likes of – he's a good quarterback in the NFL. And there's very few uh, elite quarterbacks. There's very few, oh, that boy's good. He going to do something. But what I think that Davis Mills' ceiling can be, can be just watching some tape – going back and watching games like the Patriots, going back and watching games against uh, when we look at the Charger game, right? Just a couple of, you know, film throughout the year. I think he has shown flashes. I, 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 need, to, I need to personally stop saying capability because the sample size is just not enough. But is he, if he's able to go out there and do the numbers, uh, throw for those numbers and touchdowns and limit those interceptions, that I mentioned yesterday, which you just brought up in year two with mm -hmm. a more stable weapons around him, more, a more stable offensive line, a run game that could take pressure off of him, right? Then I could see him being in that same category 
as a Derek Carr. Now, 3,700 yards uh, between 25 to 28 touchdowns, under 13 interceptions. I will look at uh, the 2016 Derek Carr, the 2017 Derek Carr, and when he first got into the league, when Derek Carr was without a shadow of a doubt the starting quarterback for the Raiders, uh, 2014, like that is where I think uh, Davis Mills could possibly be in year two. Give this, and, I, and I'm a boy free agent there, one of my favorite follows on Twitter. <laughs> yes, you sir. Know, he, he mentioned that it's not smart to build around Davis Mills because you don't absolutely know what Davis Mills can be after this year, right? But I would argue that point by saying, is it building around Davis Mills or is it building around your offense? Right in terms of bringing in a top receiver uh, in the draft, fixing that run game. Right, I, I think Houston, who met with Marlon Mack, didn't get an opportunity to get that deal signed. Right, at least as of right now, they got to bring in a young, explosive back that can hit the holes and hit the holes hard, get to the second level. So I wouldn't necessarily say they're going to build around Davis Mills, which is what has been said, but to build around an offense. He just so happens to be the quarterback. And if you put players around him in this type of league with the volume that the passes are going at right now, then, yes, I think that your quarterback, if he starts all 17 games now, should be able to, in those okay average, above average years of Derek Carr, should be able to do that. And I think that's fair. Okay, so I kind of understand your point about the elite status that, you know, I'm trying to give Davis Mills. But what I think I can also agree with you is that both of us have this idea that Davis Mills can actually be a good quality starting quarterback in this league and maybe a franchise quarterback for the Houston Texans moving forward. With that being said, John, I do like your car comparison, and I think that is a better comparison than the guy that I had in mind. But you want to love it too, and that's Kirk Cousins. When I take a look at his route to becoming, you know, <laughs> you know when, I, when I take a look at Cousins' route of what he had to go through in order to become a starting caliber quarterback in this league, I mean, hell, you know, he had a hard time trying to prove himself in Washington. You know, he was going back and forth with RG3. He goes to Minnesota and you know has some very good quality years if I'm not mistaken I believe he has made the Pro Bowl like two three times so far and I understand that he doesn't give enough love and appreciation but when you go back and you take a look at what Cousins has been able to do throughout his career it's very impressive and I think I could see the same thing for Davis Mills especially considering that Cousins just like Mills is at his best when you go out there and let him air it out yeah, and uh, a locked-on listener, locked-on Texan, Texan listener made a good point that in that Charger game, when Davis Mills was actually spreading around the ball, mm -hmm. um, I think Brandon Cooks went out or something like that. I, I, I'll go to the comments. I think he was out for COVID, if I'm not mistaken. Something like that. he did like have that. a COVID game. Um, but Mills, you saw the best version of Mills because he was able to kind of get the ball to every person. And I think when I look at a car – esque player and again this is all just film of watching this is not necessarily just i think he can absolutely go out there and do that but when i look at a car esque we gotta remember this will coming up will be the first time car will have a number one receiver for the season they traded for antonio brown that didn't work out they went out with it went out there and tried to make henry ruggs the number one deep threat guy that can take the top off well 
he has some success. However, we know how everything ended this time in the NFL. And so a lot of times, excluding those, the times with Darren Waller in the last couple of years, we look at Carr and he's never had a number one receiver but was still able to put up decent NFL above average, average between average and above average numbers. And so, uh, number one, I think that's why it's very important to make sure that you get your quarterback a number one receiver. Davis Mills need that. And if I'm taking my Texan hat off, Mac Jones needs it as well, Bill Belichick. But to see that, what Derek Carr was able to do in his first few years in the NFL – I look at Davis Mills, who has arm talent, who's able to escape the pocket when need be and make plays down the down the field. I think that he can replicate a little bit of that if this team, you know, just put some t- talent around them, and we feel like they will. We'll just have to wait and see. April twenty eighth. Thanks for making Locked On Texas your first listen every day. Make sure you're keeping up with us throughout the week. Subscribe to the Locked On Texas on YouTube. Now make sure your second listen is the Locked On NFL Draft with Ryan Tracy, my boy, and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker. They bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get podcast Cody and I thought it was very important to discuss the direction the identity or what we actually feel this team should be heading towards moving forward ahead of the draft that we mentioned earlier in the show that uh the program the voluntary workout program will start April 11 Cody I'll just say this and I'm not gonna stick on it for too long I want this team to break away not from smart football. You always want a smart football team. But I want this team to be, in, in crunch time moments, better and well coached, right? We saw it in Bill O'Brien days and last year. So it's been over 10 years, half a decade of bad coaching. But then on the flip side, I want this team to play with more of an edge and chippiness chippiness on their shoulder, right, in terms of being more of a dog in crunch time, being more of a dog in the trenches, giving this team an edge that, honestly, I don't think they've had since the Matt Schaub era, the Aaron Foster, the Andre Johnson, that bloody nose. You know, Remember that bloody nose? Of J- <laughs> like the early J.J. Watt days where they had Antonio Smith, they had Kareem Jackson, them boys were not afraid to hit. They had players that played with that edge. Kind of get back to that a little bit just in 2022. When I look at Lovey Smith, a head coach that led the Chicago Bears, that, that, that team, to a Super Bowl compared to what I think Nick Casario could do in terms of scouting, that's a strong possibility. Haven't seen it yet. Got to give him a chance. But just playing with you know more edge, uh, nastiness, and being well-coached. You know, what you want to see, that nastiness, I think that's where Lovey Smith is heading with this organization. Because when you go back, and I think we played the last week when we talked about um, how much the Texans like Sauce Gardner leading into the draft, he wants his cornerbacks to have an edge to him, to go out there and make those tackles and make plays on the ball. And that is why they're so high on Sauce. But... John, for me, 
I still think it's too early to try to pinpoint an identity for the Texans. It's very fair. But especially for me, because what I want them to do is throw the ball more and depend on your run game less. Because as of right now, their best running back is still Rick Burkhead. And I just don't see, and I understand, you know, a lot of the run game has to do with how they're going to revamp that offensive line, especially the interior. I understand that. But they cannot depend on running the football when you have Rex Burkhead, who is way past the prime of his career, as your number one running back. And with that being said, I want to see um, Pep Hamilton use Davis Mills and, and and for us to see more of a 2022, a more modern day offense next season. That's what, what I think. What, the, the I, 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 I'd argue that running the ball less, I don't think would be like help the offense in that we can't continue to say Rex Burkhead because I mean, well, he's the best the running back on the team right now. But but you're around the team, and do you honestly think that that won't get addressed by week one? I I, I don't know. Oh, yeah, it, you know it, it, it all depends out. on who they bring in the draft because you can't say you're going to go out and get some of the best running backs in free agency because the guys we wanted them to see. I think all those guys have been signed, like James Conner. I don't well, I don't still know about. On, we're still waiting on Marlon Mack. They had that conversation that visit last week. Okay. But, between rounds three and four, I think Houston will be prime to get a running back. But do you but think see, see, that's the thing when that you, he will be the number one running back come week one. I, I I honestly don't know. And you keep talking about get a running back come round three or four. Once you start looking at talent in three or four, it's literally a hit or miss on whether or not these prospects can contribute to the organization now. Rounds one, two, yes, they can contribute now. But once you start dipping into three, it's hit or miss and. I just don't know if they're going to be able to find a running back in three, four, five, or whatever the case might be that's going to be able to come here and help revamp this run game. Because, John, as of right now, Rex Burkhead, and, of course, you still got Scotty Phillips. I mean, we still don't know what we got in him because they haven't played the man in the two years he's been here. So that's why I say as of right now. And that's why I wanted to make that point that it's still early. But as of right now, I want to see them run the ball less because – the way this run game has been the last two seasons, oh, my God. I do it not want to have to go through this again. And I I understood it just a little bit more last year because, look, you had Tyrod Taylor. But once Davis Mills started showcasing that you put the ball in his hands and let him go to work, you let General Mills cook, then the offense can move the ball, Tim Kelly should have – relied on his rookie quarterback just a little bit more and that's probably part of the reason why he's no longer here with us but that that's just what i'm looking at this as of right now thank you for checking out the locked on texan podcast make sure you're following us on twitter at locked on texan continue to subscribe we're like 90 followers subscribers away on youtube man you guys are amazing make sure you're subscribing on youtube locked on texans follow me on twitter at john underscore hickman 12 to interact with the houston texans whatever they have going on music sports some of y'all hate that new batman i love it we can talk <laughs> about that we got dr strange coming up we can talk about anything regarding our culture i'm here to talk sports and everything else in life and as always i'm your host cody davis please remember to follow me on twitter at 
Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.